everyone, and welcome to Paranormal Roundtable. I'm your host, Josh Turner, and uh, this is PRT, as they call it, and I'm with Tony. The one and only, Mushu. Okay, calls himself Mushu. And Anthony, the much more humble and mature. Yeah, it's, it's like, it's like you remember when everyone in school called me Mushu? I'm like, no, nah, I remember when you called yourself that, but I don't remember. I didn't make this nickname. Who did? I didn't make Y'all it. Y'all did. When? You wanted to be called Mushu. No, we. I said we need. Y'all did start calling him that after Mulan. Shut up. Shut up. Yeah, <laughs> I remember because we needed a nickname. Okay, yeah, but we didn't know that you were going to actually run with it. It was just an insult that you turned into like a cool thing or whatever. Because people kept confusing me and Anthony, so they would. They well, still why don't do. we call you Bozo? That's they'll <laughs> still confuse me and Anthony. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Oh, okay, All he right. got you with that one. <laughs> All right, don't worry. Uh, okay, fucks. All right, enough chuckle house, fucks. <laughs> so let's get let's get this going. Uh, so you got the coordinates. It's Josh Turner at prtpodcast.com. Josh Turner at prtpodcast.com. Send us your stories. And I'm on Instagram, Josh Turner 940 and I'm also on Facebook. But let me know that you listen to the show so I can approve you. Um, the conference is over. It, it was good. And I, I don't. I think we. I don't. We didn't. The when we recorded last Tuesdays, it, we didn't. It was the day after. Yeah. Right. So we yeah. we had already pre-recorded that, but yeah, we're yeah. here sitting here going like, hey, oh, now conference I mean, we is came good. Home that day, like it was that day, yeah. Yeah. And then the show released, and people were messaging me about it, and I was like, I'm too tired to even think about it. But we've done two lives since then. Um, we actually one of the lives that we did was uh, as of this recording because this is Monday night. It was yesterday. Yeah. And we had somebody heckling me in there on, on the live stream. So I got D.A. Roberts on the line. If you don't know who D.A. is, you're living under a rock. He's got the show Deuce Ex Machine. Does a really good job. He's a good friend of mine. And uh, we have a little bit different views, but that's okay. That's what makes life interesting is that you can agree to disagree and be friends. But I called him up and I said, what do you think of this? And we started talking and he mentioned the zombie werewolf case. So I thought about it and we were originally going to do a paranormal potluck tonight. But instead... I, I sat there this morning after I had a horrible, horrible work conference call, which is just the stupidest stuff you'd ever imagine. Um, but I'm sitting there listening to this, and so I'm on the computer while they're bickering, and and I'm and I'm actually, uh, you know, my partner he he really does know how to deal with these people better than I. I mean, I can't. I'm, I just want to tell him, you know what, I'm done. You know, but uh, he was taking care of it, and so I was getting kind of kind of bored, and I was like looking through for zombie werewolf reports. Well. Sometimes I field them, sometimes one of the guys do, but somebody had put one in there and I read it and I thought, this is freaking crazy. Uh, I got I to gotta put this one on the show. And it, and it did stem from actually talking about the case that DA brought up from Missouri. Mm -hmm. He brought it up on the live stream. Yeah. Okay. And so I thought it was interesting and I thought, you know what, we could talk about that. I mean, you know, and so I read the whole story because I had taken it and put it in there and the, the files, um, we don't leave stuff in the email. So, because that email, as Anthony has said, you know, he's the guy who told me, you don't need 42,000 emails in your deal. Yeah, it'll overflow. It'll overflow. And Anthony, what'd you say? You've never seen anything like that before? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I've, I've never had an, an email address just like run out of storage space. Yeah. Well, I did it, folks. And and thanks to you, folks, who send me stories. But, it, but don't, people always say, well, I didn't want to send it because I know you're busy. Well, that's my job. My, my job now second job anyway, is to read your stories and to go through and move them to where they need to be. Yeah. Uh, I, mean, I think people are confusing it as a complaint, but it's more like we're bragging about it. It's like humble it, bragging. Yeah. It's like, yeah. I mean, <clears throat> it's definitely an honor to be able to have so many, a plethora of, you know, files to go through about every subject mm -hmm. of the paranormal and, you know, be able to have that kind of archive. So we're and thankful. And, and sorry for, I didn't mean to cut you off. Are you done? Yeah. Okay. Thank goodness. Anyway, it also helps that we have friends, you know, with these, the, the North American Dogman Project, which became IDP, you know, the International Dogman Project, those groups, um, and we're friends with them and then friends with guys like uh, Josh Nokia from What Looks Beneath and have uh, friends like Albert Rosales, Barton Nunley, and all of our author friends who let us use their stories too. And and then the groups, let's not forget, there's a lot of, too many to list here, Carrie Eaton comes to mind. I mean, you know, just th th these are very large groups that they have, Bigfoot and Dogman groups. And I get a lot of stories out of those groups, man. And uh, somebody tried to tell me, oh, you're just copying and pasting, you know, uh, uh, 
what is it called? Reddit. They said, I was like, bull crap, dude. I don't copy and paste from Reddit. I do it from other people's shows. I'm kidding, folks. I don't. I don't. I don't. I've I've retold a few stories that made the rounds, and everybody always is like, oh, you got that from such and such, and blah, blah, blah. Well, where what does it matter? It's a good story. Uh, but we have a lot of people who give us their stories that are original from, you know, stories that they, it happened to them, you know, personally, their encounters, and they and they give it to us. Uh, not everybody uh, that comes to us, like Matt Imsch, he's not, he, we weren't the first person that he came to, mm-hmm. but he said that we were definitely the coolest. And he really said, he was at my conference or our conference and, and he was at the hotel we were at. And uh, he he's really enjoying being a part of PRT because unlike a lot of other people, we don't, you know, after you give us a story, we don't just cast you out and tell you, well, thanks a lot. See ya. Thanks for the, you know, the alien abduction story. See ya. No, we... We stay friends, and I've had people literally uh, that can attest to this. They can call you, call me up at one in the morning and talk to me if they need help. Other people brag and talk about how they try to help people, but really and truly, when when you're done giving them their story, they don't care. I got minds. Yeah, I got my, I got minds. So, anyways, folks, we also have the paranormal roundtable. Um, what's it called? The uh, group. The no, the group. Go join on Facebook. Um, Facebook was nice enough to finally allow us to hit 9,100 on there. You know, that was nice of them after months of being at 9,000. Uh, but if if you're getting unsubscribed from the different platforms or, if it, or or Facebook from us, whatever, don't feel bad. You're not the only one. Just uh, resubscribe or, or rejoin on Facebook, whatever. Also, there's something I need to tell you. We have different tiers on the Patreon uh, there's a, there's a $10 tier and it goes all the way up to 50, right? Yeah. And each one gives you a better swag bag. Let's put it that way. 10 and 20 are the same. 30 gives you a little more. 40 gives you more. And if you go 50, then you get two, you get two books from me, we'll autograph both of them, the Bigfoot phenomenon, which is my one book and the where and werewolves and the Dogman phenomena is the other book. So go and check those out. Also, the conference is available to rent, to watch. Um, we can't sell it to you because that's the, the speakers that are on there is a whole bunch of stuff. But anyway, they are willing to let you rent it so you can rent it. Uh, what is the coordinates for that? You're going to put that in the, in the link on the show. Yeah. In the it, description. It, yeah. It's up on a website called Vimeo and the, uh, the link to it is going to be down in the YouTube description. So you, you can just expand it and I'll put it down there. Uh, and it's it's a 30-day rental, so when you pay for it, you have 30 days to watch it, and it's hours and hours and hours of footage, so you're getting, you're getting your money's worth, trust yeah. me. Yeah, it is, it's like 14 hours, isn't it? Yeah. Something like that. So with all that being said, now we're going to head to the stories. Sorry it took so long. I know it was excruciating. Tony, you want to give them your coordinates, how to get, get a hold of you? Uh, you guys can find me at PRT uh, Mushu on uh, Instagram. Also, you can find me as uh, that as well on uh, Facebook. Okay. All I'm right, going to so type in PRT uh, Mushu on Instagram yeah, uh, and not be able to Instagram, find them. Instagram, uh, ramen noodles. Uh, uh, it is spelled with two U's and three H's. Oh, my gosh. So, anyways, folks, here here we got some some stories here. Let's, let's, let's just ignore that man behind the curtain. So here's what we got. The, the, the first story that we were talking just now about it. So let's start with that one. And this one came out of Tampa Bay. Um, and it was from a woman named Michelle. And interesting, she actually, she she hit me up about this story because she did watch the uh, the show where we talked about, or she listened to the show. I believe it was a was a podcast episode, wasn't it? Yeah, I believe so. Originally about the, the dog man that... Uh, or was it on the live stream? You know what? I can't remember. I, I tell a lot of stories on the live stream. I think it was a podcast because it was it the zombie kind of coyote. Yeah, it was the thing. one in Missouri. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think that was an actual just a podcast. Well, I think the reason that D. A. Roberts uh, knew about that wasn't because he watched it on the or heard it on the podcast. I think me and him talked about it in private or something, but uh, because it was in his neck of the woods. So I said, "Hey, what do you think about this?" I believe that's what it was. It was near Branson. I believe that's one. That one was. But uh, this isn't unique. Um, the, what I'm going to tell you, uh, I'm making fun of Tony, is that it happens. Um, 
Not that it happens like all the time. I'm not going to sit up here and tell you like we're getting tons of zombie werewolf reports because that's not, I just, I don't know what to call this. And she said that she just thought it was interesting to, to that, that maybe I could make a correlation there. And so I read that she had given me this story right after that aired. And I can't even tell you when that aired. I think it was back in the spring. But um, what's, what's, what's so intriguing about it, and it starts off, uh, it's horrific like most of them, most dogman encounters are. I know there's a lot of people that have these weird happy-go-lucky ones where they give them flowers and they're dancing around and all this, you know, eating Skittles together. And, and they pet them like dogs. Yeah. And it leads into a treasure or whatever. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they're playing My Little Pony with them and stuff and having tea parties. That's not what most of these involve. And uh, this one is one of those that doesn't involve the good stuff. It basically was... It started off like they most most of them do, like there was somebody that saw something and she had a roommate. They were renting a house together. She said it was in 1997 and she was living with her roommate, but her boyfriend was just like always there. You know, he wasn't like, he didn't live there, but it was one of those situations where he was always around. And so one day she had gone off with her, her, her roommate. They had gone to some concert and it was like in Orlando. And her boyfriend decided to stay behind. He couldn't because he had to work the night before. So he decided to stay behind that night and then he was going to meet them down there. So what ended up happening, they went to some event or whatever in Orlando and he stayed behind. And the next night she says, my boyfriend was acting really weird. Now he is actually uh, an immigrant. He's an immigrant. He's actually from Romania, but he's not um, like he was born there, but he's been here since he was like two or something like that. So he has a, a background, you know, where he actually believes in stuff like this, because in Romania, in Eastern Romania, where he was from his family. And I hope to get some stories from him, too, because his family has stories of dealing with this kind of stuff. So eventually, hopefully I'll get him on on the show. But what ended up happening he saw something in the backyard that was chasing their cat. They have a tomcat and they let it roam around or it was a tomcat. I guess it's, it, 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 she says it was a tomcat. I don't know if that means that it was or still is, but it got chased and eventually it ran up onto the deck and it got back inside the house and he was in shock at what he saw. He saw what looked like a werewolf, but it was on all fours what makes him think it was a werewolf was that it stood up and then climbed over the fence and was gone. So that disturbed him. So that night after the event, whatever, they all kind of had a few drinks and they met some friends that they had there or actually relatives, uh, her relatives, uh, cousin and stuff. And they, and they had a few drinks and, and he, he was not talking. So she's like, what's going on? You're not being very talkative. And he's like, yeah, I, I, something really weird happened last night. I'll tell you about it when we're in private. So they end up going back to the hotel and she pries it out of them. She's like, what's going on? You haven't been talking. And he said, I saw a, a werewolf, you know, last night. And she was, she's like, what? So they just kind of keep it to themselves. She's like, we don't really bring it up. We don't talk about it again for about a week goes by. And then she hears uh, the roommate gasp and, on the phone talking on the phone and she's like, it looked like a, like a werewolf. And so she's like kind of halfway listening. She's like, I'm not a nosy person, but I heard my roommate talking to somebody. So she goes, knocks on the door and she's like, uh, and her roommate's name is, I think she said her name was Erica. So she's like, Erica, can I ask a question? I heard you talking to your sister and she's like, yeah, what's up? And I heard you say, you mentioned something looking like a werewolf. And she said at first she was kind of like, Oh, you know, I just, I, I, I don't know. It must've been a dream or something. And she's like, no, no, no. What happened? She's like, because, you know, my boyfriend claims that he saw something too. And she was like, really? And so they all kind of got together in the living room and they started comparing notes. Well, what her roommate saw out of her bedroom window, she heard something r- r- like rustling around in the bushes. She has bush. She had bushes like right below her window. She opens the, the window and she sees this thing like, down on all fours and it was storming that night. And she said that she sees it run through the, through the, uh, uh, backyard and over the fence. Same thing. Um, very intrigued at this point, you know, Michelle asked the boyfriend, he's like, isn't that what you saw? And he said, yeah, very similar. I saw it chase the cat. 
Um, the cat got inside, didn't get killed, no, no harm, no foul. Well, a couple of days go by and their dog, which wasn't their dog, it was actually her roommate's dog. The dog goes missing and very sad. And so she's a little cocker spaniel. And she said, we well, had a little cocker spaniel, a very sweet uh, dog. And they had a little uh, doggy door, which after that, the roommate and, and the, the, and the roommate's boyfriend, who was also like her boyfriend was like always there, you know? They thought this isn't a good idea. We should probably board this. We should close this up because this thing is is out there. And so her brother comes over and he's like, kind of like poo poo and everything. Like you guys, this is stupid. Y'all are believing in this, you know, like boogeyman, werewolf, whatever. And he's laughing about it. Well, they all had to go out of town. She had to go out of town for a conference, and then her roommate had was was out of town visiting her parents up in Gainesville. And so she said that her the brother came over with his girlfriend and they were watching the house well at at about 1:30 in the morning they hear this this scratching snarling whatever and he says he looks out the window and he sees what looks like the side profile of a creature like it was like yeah, it was like skeletal or something you know but it was walking on its hind legs and he was like what is that cuz he could see bone you know and then the thing turns the other direction and it's like like down try like it's looking in the window. He can see from the other side, he can see through the window looking at it kind of, you know, at an angle, the way the house was shaped. And he said that it then it, 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 from the other side it looked just like a freaking werewolf. He's like, dude, he told her. So then he calls the police, they come, I guess, nothing happens, or just like whatever. And he told them it was a prowler. They don't find anything. They don't find footprints, nothing. There's nothing there. That's the weird thing, too, is that it never left any tracks. So we're not real sure what we're dealing with at this point. Well, it, it, it culminated with her, actually, she she claims to have been taking the trash out one day, and she saw it chasing this creature, whatever it was, chasing the neighbor's dog. And then the dog managed to, it was a small dog, and it managed to scoot up under the fence and so the neighbor came and knocked on the door the next day and said that their dog was missing. So she thinks, oh my gosh, she's like, I should have told the neighbors. And she, she was kicking herself because she knows this thing can climb up over the fence very easily. So the, the neighbor's dog had gotten loose, which it does sometimes because it was their children's dog. And so this thing climbed over the fence. She, she thinks that that's what happened. Um, they described it as being like about six and a half foot tall, not 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 like the one that I saw, and it wasn't humongous and massive. It was kind of bulky in its shoulder and chest area, kind of mannish looking in that area. But then the arms and legs looked more dog or wolf like, and it looked almost like a wolf standing on its hind legs, but the hips were split splayed out a little further. And so that's what she described it as. But the, the 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 most striking feature, and I'll tell you what it was, it came to her bedroom window at one point, and she said that it was like scratching. She heard scratching on the window, and she said that her bro- brother, she had just come back from from whatever, and the brother's uh, girlfriend had been there, and had left the uh, window open. So this window was open. So it's the scratching she hears is from the screen. And she's laying in bed and she's and she's like, there's the the blinds, you know, but she can hear everything. And she's like, oh, no. She's like, I hear something. And she hears like a growl, like a low growl. And so her boyfriend, in, in, a, in a moment of courage, he jumps up, grabs his pistol and opens the blinds like really quickly. And there's nothing there. And then he goes, oh, thank goodness. So he goes and as he's turning to talk to her. He goes to uh, close the window and he's looking at her. She sees this thing pop up in the window and she gets a full on look at it. Now, the, what she described to me was incredible. There was no ear on one side of it. It was just like a skull and it was shaped like a wolf's skull. And you could see splotches of fur like like there was like it was a taxidermy creature or something. That's the way she described it. You could see the teeth in the jaw up to the end of the snout where it was fully, the the fur and the nose and everything were still intact. But on the left side of its head, it was like rotted. And then she said that it was in the window for a second, then it, then it was gone. And then he looked and didn't see it. And so 
there again, you know, they're like, they call the police. Oh, there's a prowler. We don't, you know, what are we going to tell them? A, a zombie werewolf is in our backyard. So no, I mean, you call the police. So the police, you know, they, they, there's nothing there once again. And, and, and they acted kind of like they were perturbed, you know, that they had to deal with this. So she's like, I don't think we can rely on the police, you know, unless, you know, I don't know what's going on. The neighborhood uh, had some pets missing, you know, some things were going on. Something was happening. So she, she's, she's at this point, she's like, I'm living like terrified. And I decided I, they were renting this house. She didn't want to, and, the, and they only had like a month left. So she was like, we're going to move because it's obviously the neighbor, you know, hood, whatever. At least she thought that. And so she wakes up <clears throat> like two in the morning. She's like, you know, I had to be at work early. You know, I, had, I said, wake up at 2 a.m. And uh, she's like, I just quickly woke up. My boyfriend was working overnight at that time. And she's like, which was another problem because she was alone a lot. So she wakes up and she looks over and the blinds are open. Now, here's what's messed up. She doesn't know how that happened. It was a very weird thing. The blinds were just wide open. She's like, I don't leave them open. I don't do that. Why would the blinds be open like that? She looks over and she sees this thing grinning at her. And I said, grinning? Could you tell that it was grinning? Because it it was, had, you know. Missing half of its face. Missing half of its face, Yeah. But she said, no, it was a grin. I could tell. And she's like, and I could see it. There was no eye. Or she said, there was, a, there was an eye in the eye socket, like where there, there wasn't missing an eye. There were two eyes. And she said there was no, uh, like, like fur on the, the shoulder. And then when it lifted up its, its hand or whatever, she said it had like paw-like hands. And when it lifted it up, you could see the bone on the, on the left arm like sticking out and it was rotted and it basically just, you know, was like, I, to me, it was, it was just a very basic scare tactic. It was just trying to terrify her. That's why it showed it to her. And it said, I am, this is what it said. And it spoke not with its mouth, but in her mind. And we've heard this a hundred times, but it spoke and it said, I am real. I'm alive. And it called her you B word. And she was like, what in the heck, you know, like, what am I dealing with here? So she gets freaked out. She she did have a cross on the wall. She grabbed it. She started clutching and started praying. And then she falls asleep, like like inexplicably, like she falls asleep. Like it's, there's no way. She's like, that, that as terrified as I was, my heart must have been beating 200 you know, miles a minute. And she was like, there's no way that uh, I should have fallen asleep. So she's like, I, I wake up and it's daytime. And the blinds are closed and my boyfriend's like waking me up, you know, and she told him what had happened. So she went to go stay at her mother's for the duration of the, of the, of the, of the lease. And the, the roommate did the same. And now the roommate to this day refuses to really talk much about it, believing that it was, she's very religious and believing that it was demonic or something. But here's the question before we go into the next story. I mean, if this thing is just a full-on demon, then, I mean, physically it was doing things like it was chasing cats and dogs. So what, what in the heck? I mean, what are you, what are we looking at here? That sounds like a skinwalker to me. Like someone who, who practices black magic, dark arts, the occult, whatever, and, and learned how to, how to shapeshift. I mean, that, that, that's a very common Native American legend, but I don't think it's a legend. I think it's a real thing. And and whenever we have reports of these dogmen or these werewolf creatures that are that have like a very uh, noticeable purpose in their interaction with with people, like like their intent is to to terrify or like whenever they show expressions like like grins or or, or their their interacting with like windows in, in ways that they know will will put people on edge like this, these are very deliberate things and i think that that shows that these are human beings at their core but they're they've taken on this form somehow through whatever kind of evil spiritual practices they've learned yeah i mean it <laughs> It's weird, and you know, it's a, well, first off, I mean, one thing you could definitely look at is like the not deer, 
What, oh yeah. What what are those? I mean, are these like not dog not not dog man, I guess? <laughs> the not dog the not dog yeah. man. Well, I mean it's kinda like <laughs> the seems, not wolf. Yeah, the beyond, not wolf. Beyond dog man. <laughs> Undog man. But it, I mean it seems like it's very similar in the same sense that, you know, but on they're both like kind of zombified creatures. The main difference I would say is that these dogmen seem to have like a, a sense of purpose or a consciousness, at least this one did. Uh, I don't remember the, the specifics of that coyote story. I don't remember if any of them were spoken to in any way. I, I thought that they just kind of saw it real quick, right? The where coyote that happened in Missouri. Or, mm-hmm. Well, so. yeah, because he's, if, if I remember correctly in that story, it, it did appear that it wasn't very big. Yeah, I mean, it, it wasn't they really seem large, to be like no. these huge hulking giants, and they kind of seem to be rotting away. So, like Anthony's kind of, it kind of makes sense to me. Maybe it's like a, a skinwalker gone wrong kind of situation where, like, they're trying. What if it was dead? I mean, that's a possibility too. Yeah, but like, I, I just mean, like it's in. The, it's like it's in the spirit world, but still. Because I saw a video the other day, and I don't know how much validity there is to that. We see these videos all the time, folks. But I was. I was looking through some goofy videos and and they were TikToks type stuff or whatever. Mm-hmm. And some fans had sent it to my wife and she's like, check out this. And this dog is like up on its hind legs and he's, he's looking out over his deck and it, you see the dog reacting to it. And the camera picked up what looked like a, like a, like it was, there was no body, but there was a pair of black legs running by itself. Black as in like shadow looking. And you see it, and it's like there, there's like this mist coming off of it, like they're coming apart while it's running, and the dog sees it. It was freaky, man. Bless you. I don't know what to make of that, but it was just, it was freaky, and because I'd heard of stuff like that, and we've heard of people saying, remember the girl that's, I was a guy, I think it was a girl, who had said that there was a pair of legs and went up the stairs by herself. Yeah, there's a lot of disembodied, like, parts doing yeah. things. And then the story we got, which I believe I, I, there were two of them, one of them we got, we did get from, like, Fate Magazine or something. But we we gave them credit for that. It was, but then it was like an arm that came through the wall or the, the ceiling. Because there, there, like I said, there were two different ones. And one of them was given to us, I believe, per you and Armando. Mm-hmm. And then the other one was actually, uh, I think we, we we pulled it off of Fate Magazine. Like we compared it. And I think I talked with, with Weatherly about this one. But uh, it choked this woman. And it, all she saw was an arm. And that happened to another person that was yanked up out of bed. And all they saw was an arm. Well, I mean, even I only saw like the the thing I saw real quickly was just you know a torso, arms, and a head. Like there was no legs. Like I, I remember specifically looking down and seeing like there was that nothing. Ridge? Yeah, yeah. And when you when you, I mean, I don't know. It's like that 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 brings us to our next story though. Um, the next story happened, you know. In, in an area where me and Nelly used to work, and I guess that's how you're supposed to say Nelly and I. Uh, being that I'm an esteemed author now, you start talking correct, but whatever. Speaking correctly. Speaking correctly, you know. But but I I think this one was was interesting, and, and it was it was sort of a spectral entity too, but not spectral. I don't know what, if that makes sense to the people who don't watch the live stream, which there's a lot of people who will just watch us on Spotify or other platforms. You're missing out because we go really deep, especially on Sundays. Fridays we always have a guest who. We always go real far out there with the guests. Yeah, we're, we're kind of all over the place when we have a guest. We yeah. kind of just follow where the interview what, Whatever goes. they want to talk about. Yeah. But the Sunday shows, in particular on the live stream, we talk about three hours of stories, you know. And so, but if, if you're interested in all that and, and being interactive, then then go check out the live stream. And there you can always watch the replays of them on YouTube. They're on YouTube exclusively for now. And so what ends up happening, we get bunches and bunches of stories that come off of whatever story we talk about. Now, this one was interesting. This young girl, for her first encounter with what she said was a dog man, her and her dad were driving down this back road um, out in Williamson County. Now, I used to work not, I mean, probably, I looked at a map and as best I could tell, it's about maybe three quarters of a mile from where we were at. So it's not far. And so we worked at a, at a at a site. Me and Nelly there, and she Nelly swears up and down that it was a Bigfoot. And I don't know what I saw because I didn't get as good a look at it as she did. But it was something large, was disturbing the cattle, and it wasn't the cattle. Let's put it that way. And it was brown. 
I don't know what it was, but this was this was interesting. She said that she, when she was a kid, uh, her and her her and her dad were going because her aunt and uncle, her great aunt and uncle, had a place and they lived out in that area, and they were driving through there, and they see this what looks like she says in the road. At first, she thought it was just like a big shadow, but the light was like when it illumin it should have illuminated it, but it didn't. It just like just stayed there. And then she said that it it started to crawl, and then she's like, she sees a like something move to the right, and she's like, oh, it's a jackrabbit. So she sees a rabbit hopping, and it's like oblivious to this thing, and it's like she's like, we're not going very fast, and we're coming around a curve, and this thing began to move, like it came up and began to go toward that rabbit, and the rabbit ran and jumped down into the into the ditch, and this creature like just like spider crawled across the road. The interesting thing, though, is that it didn't look spider-like at all. It was black, and it had a big old wolf's head, and it had flattened its body out, and it was like it had its arms out, like completely out, you know, like if you're like doing bench press. And the legs were the same way. They were. It was like the body was contorted in a weird way. And she said that uh, she stayed out there with her aunt and uncle that summer. That was like a couple months before school got out. She remembered staying out there with her aunt and uncle that summer. And and she was actually on horseback with her cousin. And she said that they were riding on their horses and her cousin said, Oh, what is that? And they see this wolf like creature duck in between a barbed wire fence, like from the bottom rung of a barbed wire fence. And she said that it looked really like thin and skinny, but then when it popped up, it was about six and a half foot tall and it had massive shoulders. And then she was like, whoa. And she said it looked almost cartoonish. Like the shoulders were really big. And then it had these like skinny sort of like torso and then bigger thighs and then skinny legs again. But the backward bent type legs, she described all of that. The the muzzle she described as being like it had like a little small goatee kind of. And when it turned and looked at her, the eyes were red. And she said that when you when she stared at it, like she saw it move real quick, and the eyes almost made like tracers, which is weird. And and so I've only heard that a couple times. And she said that it took off running real fast, and then it was like gone. And the horse that she was on reared up, and she almost came off the horse. And her friend, her sister, I mean her cousin, and the the neighbor were like, I guess they had another girl with her. They were just in shock. They were like, they didn't know what they saw. So they go back to the house and they're all trying to come to the conclusion of what they saw. Um, oddly enough, like the, the the neighbor that lived down the street from them and it was her horses that they were riding. She was like, she, she said that what she saw looked completely different. She said it was like this black shapeless mass that was almost like a torpedo and just like it just took off and it just looked spiritual to her like a shadow. Now, her cousin saw what she saw, but they couldn't agree on, like, the exact shape and height and everything else. It was like they were all seeing something different. So, she said, you know what? I thought about it, and I was like, I saw this thing with my dad. She's like, I am convinced that I am correct. I know what I saw. The other two girls did not because they had not seen this thing before. And she's like, I saw this back in like April. I know that I'm, you know, this is, you know, this was like in June. And so she went and she told her uncle about her great uncle about his now deceased. Um, but she told him and he was like, you know, I, he, I have seen something similar to that. He said that when he was fishing one time when he was young, they had lived out there a long time ago since like the sixties. And he said back in 1963, he was out fishing and he saw something like something swinging on a tree branch and he looks up and it was a leg. And he said that when he looked at the, what was attached to the leg, he's like, I look up and I see this thing like it's sitting on its other leg and it's like got one arm on the, on the, on the base of the tree and the other arm, it's like holding something in its, in its hand, which it dropped. And he's like, and it was when I looked, it was a stone. He said, and then this thing just jumped down off the tree and he said, and it, they're standing probably like 10 feet from me was a werewolf. And he's like, I immediately just like dropped my fishing pail, pole and, and pail and everything and just took off back toward the house. Uh, when he told his dad what he saw, now his dad was a very, very, very uh, superstitious guy. 
Um, and he was a German descended person who said, oh, it was a Warwolf, you know, you shouldn't be messing with these things and blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. And his dad was also uh, very um, strict with him. You know what I mean? And so like he goes, I gave you one day, you know, to, I, or I gave you uh, a day to do your chores and you go out and you go fishing, you know, and he's like, well, I finished my chores early. So he's like, yeah, and you did them all halfway or whatever. And he said, and then his dad told him something that was really messed up. It was like, that's why you saw that creature. So that was his conclusion, you know, to, to what he saw was because he misbehaved, didn't do what he was told. So then this Verwurf comes and, well, you know, it's your fault. And so. Classic parenting. Yeah. <laughs> that's the way you parent right there. Um, so, yeah, you know, do your homework or you get possessed by the devil. You know, it's horrible. But, you know. I thought that was kind of messed up, but then he told her that story. So she's like, I'm not crazy. You know, I know what I saw. So fast forward about three years and she was like 16 and her and her friends were driving in, in that area and they see this thing run across the road like real fast and it was chasing a deer and the deer jumped up on, t like it was trying to, to uh, uh, jump over a fence, the barbed wire fence. This thing was like way far away from it, like 20 feet. She said that it closed that distance in like a split second and it looked almost like it elongated its arm and caught the deer's leg and then flipped it and the deer ended up in the pasture. And then this thing kind of like an accordion, she said, like kind of went back. Her and her friend both saw this. Uh, it kind of went back to a nor like it's like a normal size. And she said that the, that, that the, the space around it looked blurred. You know what I mean? Like when you see something when it's hot and she said that it almost looked like it was a curve, a curvature in the middle of the, of the, of the area and the air around it. And it jumped over the fence and pounced on this deer. And, and her friend was like, Oh my gosh. And freaks out and stupidly like grabs the steering wheel because it, it was just right there in front of him for a second. And I guess her delayed reaction, she was trying to move them away from it. So then they, the, the car, she almost loses control of the car and thank God that she didn't. So they, she kept going and that was the last time she ever saw it or had anything, you know, to do with one of these creatures. Uh, and that was years and years ago, decades ago. But, you know, it was, you know, messed up. And she asked me what could do that, you know? And I'm like, ah, you know, these creatures do some weird, weird stuff, man. And I don't know. Now you remember I, I've, I'd covered a story and I don't remember if it was on my show or that other show. But uh, I know that that there was a report we got of some of of a mom and a, I think her daughter that were driving down that same that area because there's two or three roads back there and I can't remember which road it was and I'm not going to tell you anyway because I don't want people going out there and then there's a lot of private farms and stuff out there and if somebody were to get hurt it'd be on me I don't want well I don't know if it'd be on me but I'm telling you please don't go and mess with these people or places please folks because I don't want trouble. I don't want to be, I don't want it on my conscience. Somebody gets hurt. So anyways, th they, they were driving and they were in a convertible and one of these creatures comes out of nowhere and just starts chasing them. And, uh, they eventually get away from it, but it was like, you know, by act of God that they were able to maneuver out of way and outrun it. Uh, but that same area, you know? And so, you know, when, when Nellie says she saw a Bigfoot over there, it didn't surprise me at all. I knew something was going on out there. But the, the, I remember those ladies being adamant that what they saw, you know, in that in their convertible being a dogman, a werewolf type creature. So you have these these stories that that, that you know. The the point though, like it seems to be that the, these two stories involve something beyond like just seeing like a furry, flesh and blood creature. You know, something else is going on. I, I don't. I don't Some know more to it. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know what that is, but you know, and and you know, there's so many of these researchers now that are they're not getting the whole story because they only want to focus on like this little niche. Oh, this is a physical Bigfoot, this is a physical dog man, you know, and they don't want to touch this, you know, because it doesn't fit their narrative. And then there's the ghost people who are like, Well, we don't know what this is. We don't know, you know, you give them all the spiritual, you know, markers of it and they're like, Well, I don't know what that is, you know, they can't tell you. They, they're not interested in, in dealing with werewolves and, and whatever. But, you know, 
I don't know. I mean, w- w- you know, when you look at the Warrens, you know, Ed and Lorraine Warren, they yeah, covered a, a story about a werewolf, but it was very much a, f- a spiritual type entity. Um, but switching directions now, well, before we do, what do you think of that? I mean, before we go on. Well, I mean, definitely bizarre. And it's a shame she had to experience it like that. That last one sounds like something that would scar, you know, anybody really just seeing something <clears throat> so vicious happen that quickly. So, I mean, I don't really know exactly how I would describe how I could, what I would do in that situation. I'm more concerned about how that first story, the the, the zombie, what that thing wanted, you know, why was it bothering her for, uh, uh, for so long? And then this one, it seemed to be more like intermediate where it was more like happened to her grandfather or her. Or if then, that was the same creature. Oh, I'm saying like this. Yeah, I guess that that's true. But uh, we don't know the lifespans of these yeah. beings or whatever they are. I'm just curious about like, is it generational or something like that? Is it more like, is it, is it like, you know how we always say like the mark or whatever, or well, like when you're kind of like, that's a good point. Is, is that like, can that be passed down so that people later on in your family can also experience that? What, what he's talking about makes sense when you think about it, because, um, yeah, because th- th- the neighbor girl, she didn't see it like what her and her cousin did. Mm-hmm. She saw like a blur. And maybe yeah. that was just the angle from where she was on the horse. Now, I, this is important, I guess. Um, she was about 20 feet behind them and to the right. She, uh, the girl that told me the story, she was the closest to the creature when they saw it in the pasture go across, you know, startling the horses. Um, I don't know. That... that when when you when you try to look at it from a physical eye lens, whatever you 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 kind of draw a blank. You don't really know what it, you know. It's just like physical creatures that have or that are purely physical don't do things like that. Mm. I mean, I had like an a, a postulation on on like why why different people saw the same thing but they perceived it differently. That part of the story particularly intrigued me. What if on a physical level, like the physical aspect of this creature that they saw, because they all saw it in different forms, what if certain parts of it were actually colors that that only certain people's eyes, that only some people can perceive? Because because we know that people actually perceive color differently, you know, like that that the meme dress. that was going around with the blue and white dress, and then some people were like, no, it's white and gold and whatever. I don't know wh- how else they would see the same creature in the same place at the same time, but they all have a different perception of of its form. Or maybe it, it was reflecting certain parts of like the light spectrum that, that most people's eyes can't see, but some people can. I don't know, because we know that the human eye can only perceive like a very limited range of the light spectrum. Like for instance, we can't see infrared light, you know, but but that's how night vision works is it shoots out infrared light and we have to use a camera to to be able to see what it illuminates. Well, if you're having trouble imagining that, just think of a color that you can't imagine. And uh, that's that's the color that these things might be able to operate at, basically. But I, I think that also might be a little bit, like a little bit of A and a little bit of B, because I wonder if it's like a, a piece of paper and ink to where like the more encounter you have, the more ink spills on that piece of paper and then like the less white you start to appear and the more like black basically. And then that carries on later on to like, you know, your, your son or your daughter or whatever, or even it could just be as close as like, you know, your wife or like your very spouse or like, you know, it could be just as that, as as simple as that is that just because you experience something, you kind of become like tainted or something. And then that leads to like it becoming easier to deceive you are like deceive others, but not you because you kind of like adapt to being able to see things and things now. So it's like, you got me once like you're able to fool me and look weird once, but now that I know about it, I'm able to, you know, adjust my eyes or adjust. However, I'm able to sense you and be able to do it better next time. Or, you know, my son might be able to do it better next time or whatever. Yeah. It kind of sounds like, like spiritual antibodies or something. They recognize something. Yeah. It's like, okay, next time, this next is what it is. Gonna, is what yeah. we're dealing with. Mm-hmm. Think about this too, though. One of the things that's interesting that she said that there was like this blur around it. 
like the like the way it moved yeah. like it was manipulating space and time you know and how it was like right in front of their car and then one second later not even a split second it was already over the fence and clipping that deer you know from and then and and then so 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 you have all these weird things going on right it's attacking a deer which is a physical thing. Like, why would you attack a deer? That's what really got you me. You want to eat it, right? I mean, so you got that physical thing going on, but then look at how it went about doing it. And then there's this blur. Then you get this whole thing with the cloaking. And, you know, and Bettina talks about that a lot on her show, Bettina Moss on Crypto Normal, uh, Crypto Normal Encounters. And she people criticize her and Abe Seas for the pictures. But if you are initiated and you know what to look for, you see it. Because you can look at those pictures and you can see the cloaking. I mean, and people are just like, I don't know what you're seeing. It's pareidolia. Yeah, sometimes people present pictures and it is pareidolia. But other times they're presenting pictures and I can look at that picture, at least I can. And and I'm not saying I'm some special X-man that I have the ability to do with it. I mean, us in this room, we know what we're looking at. I mean, you can mm-hmm. sit there and go, look at this picture. Now, we choose not to post them because it's, you know, what ends up happening. Uh, I did show a couple people at the conference the 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 dogman picture that I have from Minnesota, which was you know a lot of people were like, oh, I want to see it. I showed a few people; um, they were blown away by it. But you know, it, and it's not that picture is old. It is goes way before AI. I will say this: there is something to you know that you can't photograph these things correctly. I just believe that. I think it's also to do with the blur kind of thing to where it might be like, you know, I, I, I think it kind of seems fantastical to us, but it might just be something as simple as just how they affect light or how light affects them, mm-hmm. I guess. and How it, they refract it. Mm-hmm, and it, it could just be something like as simple as that. And it just because we're not able to figure out exactly how they're doing it, that we're kind of like blown away by it. But I, we might be able to kind of just theorize based on how we understand how we see things and how light works that way this might be just some weird thing that they're able to do and it might an offshoot of the uh, a cause of that might be that we're not able to videograph them or take you know pictures unless it's like a very specific moment which is maybe why the woman in minnesota had that picture mm-hmm. which one of those pictures disappeared from me and several other researchers slash podcaster authors, computers and phones, and that's 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 true, folks. I'm not joking about that. Um, and you guys remember that, right? No, yeah, yeah, yeah. That was one of the freaky deaky yeah, I mean, things. I talked time. to Lance Hightower about you know this kind of stuff, and he was like, "Dude, look, this is you know him and Bettina both. They had been corresponding since before I met Lance, and it was like this happens, you know. These, yeah, it's this not is, the first you know, time it happened to us. I mean, no, it was really weird. That was that that was the first time. But it's not the last time. Yeah, yeah. That's let's I'm put mean. it that way. You know, I, I will say this though: if you if if you got evidence, you know, out there. It's actually probably a fortunate thing for you because if you're out there trying to show everybody and people, if they start believing you and saying and becomes a big deal, there's no telling what kind of harassment you may go through. And I'm not telling you not to present it. Um, you're more than welcome to go and put it on our uh, YouTube, our Facebook page. What's it called? The Facebook group. group. Uh, go to the Facebook group, Paranormal Roundtable, and, you can, and I'll post it for you. But I personally will not post the photos that I got. I just won't do it. There's there's multiple reasons, but in particular, it's just going to start a big old fight, big old argument. I have pictures of ghosts, a bunch of them. Uh, a couple of them are mine personally. Yeah, I have some really cool orb stuff. So anyways, folks, so moving on from that story here, what we got now, uh, we have a couple others. And this one was was intriguing to me. I got this one. This one comes out of Hobbs, New Mexico. And what was so amazing about this story was it may or may not have been, and I say may or may not because I'm not for sure, but it may or may not have been a dogman attack. And I don't take that lightly whenever somebody says, hey, I witnessed a werewolf or a dogman attack somebody. This guy was a truck driver uh, in Hobbs, New Mexico, and he is related to a listener. And this listener got in touch with me and said, hey, I got this really interesting story. Uh, Mateo, his, his uncle is in Spanish, is what we call uncle. He said, I have a uncle that, could, that, you know, and it took me months to finally pin down and get in touch with the guy. I wasn't like st- 
stalking after him. <laughs> you know, it was like, I wasn't like, hey, man, you know, like, like you know, where's my $2? No, I wasn't doing that. I would, But I did, we kept missing each other. And finally, we were able to connect, you know. And so his story was very fascinating. Uh, he goes by Polito, which is funny. That's your brother's name. But yeah. Polito told me a very interesting story. He said that back in 1989, he was a truck driver and he was driving through Hobbs, New Mexico. And he said right outside of Hobbs, which is just like you can drive through, you can blink your eyes, there's nothing there. And he's like, it's not a real big town or whatever. It's not that small, but it's not big, you know. And he said he was driving through there and the highway that it, that he was on was 62, right, Tony? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was Highway 62. And so... He, when he drove past this, he saw a guy hitchhiking. He says, "I'll never forget." It was he, he described the guy to me and everything. Um, the guy was like wearing a, wearing a jean jacket or something, and he was just had his thumb out, you know. And then he sees the guy and he looks and he's like, "Oh, that guy's hitchhiking," and he's like, "He's like, I can't pick it, you know, pick him up." I'm, you know, he's like, sometimes I would pick people up back then. You still kind of could do that without expecting to be killed, you know, by some crazy maniac or either on either side, you know. Whether you're the hitchhiker or the the, the person hitchhiking, yeah, because yeah. now it's like pff, there's a lot of trust going on on both sides of that transaction. I mean, you know, you got to be really trusting of you know. Whew. But uh, I don't pick up strangers, man. I just don't do it. No. And, you know, it's just it's just too risky nowadays. People, too many psychos out there. But he he sees this young man. He says that it haunts his dreams. He said it was like it was. It I'll never forget it. He said, I, I look over to my at my right and I thought, did I just see something coming up behind that guy? So he looks in the mirror and he sees like on, on the on the passenger mirror, whatever, he sees this thing come up and grab the dude and pull him off the road. And he thought, whoa, did I just imagine that? And it was just like this big black blur. Uh, and it was nighttime, you know, but he goes, I could see that there was a full moon. And he goes, I could see him, you know, and I thought, well, you know, that guy's walking around in the middle of the night in the dark. So then he gets down the road a few miles and and he couldn't help it. He turned around and he CB'd it in like he had the CB radio, you know, and he says, you know, there's there's been somebody may have been hurt. So he notified the authorities. Um, He didn't doesn't know whether they showed up or not. And he didn't get out of his truck, which was smart. So he drives back and he's going back down that same area where this guy was at when he passes by he doesn't see anything like he looks and he slows his rig down and he puts a flashlight out and he hears though the sound of what sounds like a crunching popping snapping noise but he doesn't see anything and he's like what is that i hear it but i don't see it so then he just like keeps going. He goes back into the, into town. He turns back around and just goes back on the road. And he looks again as he's going back by it, that spot where he saw the guy. And uh, so he said he keeps on going. He ends up going clear across the state and goes to sleep. The next day he pushes on to, to Arizona. And when he gets to Arizona, he, he runs it to his friend Max. Now, Max is an old truck driver that that is from New Mexico. And he starts talking to him and he said, you know, when he dropped the, the truck back off or whatever he was doing, he was returning the, the vehicle, this company they're working for. And Max was one of the truckers and he'd known him for a long time. And he told him, he said, dude, I, I had this, this, uh, weird thing happen to me and it's just, it's been bothering me. And so Max tells him, well, well, let me, let me finish getting this, uh, the truck unloaded, whatever, you know, and, and we'll go, we'll go eat dinner whatever. We'll talk about it. And, and they had been friends for a long time. So he ends up, going to dinner with this guy, but it wasn't for a couple of hours. So he went into his hotel room and he went to sleep. He had a hotel and, uh, he crashes out cause he rented a room for the night. He's like, I'm not leaving. I'm staying here. I'm exhausted, you know? And so he, he stayed, I think it was in Phoenix. And in fact, I know it was. And so he's, he went to sleep and he goes, and I started dreaming. He goes, and in this dream, now this is just really interesting and kind of terrifying and sad at the same time. He said, this young man comes to me and he's like, why didn't you help me? And he, he sits up in bed and he said, there was like the, this breeze blowing, like this gentle breeze. And he said that the whole room was kind of illuminated by some sort of light from the outside. And he said, the guy was, was standing there talking to him. And he said, to this day, he's like, I can't watch movies with these dream sequences. 
And he said that there was a scene in, in, in Sopranos where, you know, he remembers like there was like something happened in the, the, the store where Christopher had to shoot some guy or something uh-huh. from, from Poland or something. And the guy was like, he kept dreaming about it and the guy's arm comes up and grabs him. Like when he's at, I guess the scene happened at like Satrials, whatever the, yeah, yeah, the, yeah, the, the know, butcher shop. About. Yeah, yeah. He was talking about that. So he started talking about. It. He goes, "I can't." He goes, "I when I watched that, I had a full blown panic attack." He's like, "I ended up had to go to the hospital because I couldn't breathe." He said, and then he goes, "I, I had already, I had seen the movie um, American Werewolf in London, but he goes, I, I watched it with my son who had never seen it. You know, like several years later, and he goes, and dude, once again, I started having these weird like I couldn't breathe." He's like, and forget trying to watch the howling. He goes, I, you know, when I first got to the first scene, you know, where they showed like a werewolf, dude, he goes, I had, I got so sick to my stomach. I got up and I threw up. And so he goes, dude, I was having all this. So he, he ended up on medication and he ended up having to get a therapist because the, the, the woman he ultimately ended up marrying told him, Hey, you know, Paulito, you need to go and get help. You need to see somebody about this because you're having some serious problems. And he said, dude, I, I dreamed about this guy three or four times throughout my life since it happened. But he's like, he comes to me and he's like, you could have saved me. You could have helped me, you know? And he was like, I didn't know what I saw. And then he said, the guy's like, you know, in the dream, the guy was like, look, and he looks in the window or the door, there'll be a doorway there. Now I know about these dream sequences because it happened to me for years. You know, I've, and I told you about it years ago, Anthony, when, you know, for, you know, however long, you know. I've known you, you've probably known that I've had, I had night terrors because of what I saw, but eventually they faded. But he said he had these dreams and he said that he would look and he would see this monster, which is why he thinks it was a werewolf. He couldn't tell what it was just, you know, but the dreams, you know, told him that it was a werewolf. And so one day, and I, and so I asked him this, I said, Polito, I said, did you ever see a werewolf or dog man, skinwalker, whatever. And he goes, he goes, no, but I'm pretty sure I was in close proximity. Now get this. He said one night he was outside smoking a cigarette, you know, cause he took up smoking as a way to cope with what he saw. And some people do do that. And he said that he was on medication and stuff, you know, and he would go outside and he would smoke a cigarette and he was a nervous. And he was actually at that time in a facility because he had so many problems or whatever. And they had moved to another state. And he says that he hears a growling noise and he sees like these bushes shake and he sees this creature step out from behind the bushes and he goes, I blink my eyes and I open them and there's nothing there. There's no sound. There's no whatever. And I said, so you did see the, see a creature. He goes, no. He's like, no, I think I just saw it like in my mind's eye. Like, you know, like maybe this thing was stalking me or something, you know? Um, and then he goes, but then again, it could just be coming from my mind. It's telling me that this is what, you know, but I said, let me ask you this. I said, and he sounded like a truthful guy. I talked to him on the phone and I said, are you a hundred percent sure? A hundred and ten percent sure that what you saw was a young man hitchhiking. And he goes, I am positive Wolf. He goes, I am a hundred and ten percent sure. And I saw something snatch him. He goes, I know what I saw. He's like, and I'll take it to my grave. I mean, you know, he's 50, 55 year old man. He's like, look, I know what the heck I saw. You know, he was a young man when it happened, you know, and, and, uh, he's 56 years old, I guess now. Um, you know, he was a young man when it happened, you know, and, and he asked me, you know, a, a question that I couldn't answer, you know, I mean, like, he's like, what was it that I saw? And I said, I don't know what you saw. I can't tell you. You know, I just, I, I really can't tell you what you saw. I mean, I don't know. It could have been anything. It could have been anything. And and the thing is, when it grabbed this young man, you know, if it's to be believed that that's what happened, he didn't see what it was. He just saw a black shadowy thing, but it was through the dream sequences and the the subsequent visits from this deceased spirit, which he believes really exists, it's just he don't think it's a trick of his mind. He believes it's, it's just a ghost, and like in a purgatory type state. Now he's Catholic and he believes in purgatory, and everybody believes in that, right? But it's up to you, the audience, what you believe he saw. I mean, and I, I can start with you, Anthony. I mean, what do you think is going on with this case? Well, I mean, first off, I I, I can kind of empathize with his position because. 
what was he supposed to do? Yeah. I mean, realistically, what, what what were his options there to try and stop something that he didn't even understand, couldn't comprehend, he didn't even know what he was perceiving? And secondly, I think that the fact that the deceased person, that they're still holding on to that kind of bitter resentment towards him is probably what's keeping them where they are spiritually and mm-hmm. in, 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 like in their spiritual, whatever plane of existence they're on now, it's obviously not uh, an ideal place and it's not somewhere they want to be. But I think they're there specifically because they hold it against against him for not stopping. Yeah, for not stopping it somehow. I mean, this person died, they probably died in, in a state of fear and panic. And maybe whenever we pass in that state, then once we pass over to our, our spiritual plane that it does something to us to where we, I don't know, like maybe we're not thinking right in that, in that state and, and we can't see things. We can't see the big picture and see like, I should forgive this person because they, there's nothing they could do anyway. And so I need to accept what happened to me and move on to wherever I need to go. I mean, it, it, to me, and I asked him this question. I was like, "Did do you think that he's holding on to a grudge? You were supposed to stop and pick him up." And he's like, "Yeah, I think that's what I was supposed to do." And I said, "Well, what if you stop to pick him up? Because you beat beat yourself up about it, you know?" I said, "What if you?" And then this thing jumped on him, and then jumped up into the cab with you, and you both became statistics, you know, like yeah, missing I mean, people or whatever, you know. I think in this scenario, we should just blame the victim. It's definitely his fault, but um, <laughs> what the freaking. Heck? Yeah, let's no. not worry about the marauding dog, man. That just you know, <laughs> poor poor guy died suffering an agony. If that's what happened, I mean, you know. Well, I mean, no, I mean, we don't know exactly what attacked him, but like Anthony said, what could he have really done? I mean, even if he did stop to pick him up, like that thing happened so fast, like it was as soon as he passed him, this thing grabbed him. So it was obviously just like right behind him, waiting for an opportunity. So he was like, probably waiting for the truck to go by. Yeah, I but mean, so, but then, so then that means that maybe if he stopped and let the guy have a ride, then this wouldn't happen. Yeah, there's so many what ifs and what yeah. who's, and so it's like it's easy to say that, but at the end of the day, like the decision was already made, and it wasn't like it was something that he could really have controlled. It wasn't like he drove by and was like, yeah. I could have stopped and, you know, he, he just, he saw a hitchhiker and he had to, he had to do his job and drive to and win his truck. So he just did what he did every day, which was just drive right by and did normally, normally his thing. So like on one hand, it is kind of his, like, I can understand why he feels guilt about it because like, yeah, he could have stopped. But on the other hand, it was like, it's not like you went out of your way to ignore the guy or like you went out of your way to do, you were just doing what you do every day, trying to get your job done and something unfortunate happened to this guy and you happen to witness it. So like, I I just don't believe that it's in a correct way for either party to like blame him for it. You understand? Mm -hmm. Because like, yeah, he could have stopped it, but it wasn't like it was his, his job to. I think it's just a, it's a testament to the importance of having a forgiving heart and the, the most, effective way to live that way is is to make sure that you have Christ in your life because I don't know who the victim was and and I'm, I don't mean to speak ill of the dead I'm just postulating here but this might be an example of someone who died without faith who died without Christ and it may be why he's unable in the next life to forgive because he didn't truly understand what it meant to forgive in in the physical life, and you know it might it, you know, like we said, not to speak of the dead, if that's even what happened. But it might not even be something like that. It might be something to where uh, he needs to forgive himself for not being able to help this guy that he believes he let die. So it might be like the spirit is coming to, not really like it, it's like a trial for him to like not bring, put him down. So that he can, you know, be put down, but so that he could rise from it and learn that, like, you know, this was something that, if it did happen, was extremely unfortunate, you know, and I, I maybe there was something I could have done, but I didn't. Nothing happened that I could have. That I did. I wasn't able to stop it in any way, even if there was some way I could have. I, I need to learn to forgive myself 
for, you know, this unfortunate circumstance that happened to this poor guy. But at the end of the day, like, I, what was I, what could I, I have really done? Yeah. You know, and, and that being said, folks, thank you for listening. That's all the time we have for today. Uh, tune in next Tuesday and the Tuesday after that and the Tuesday after they keep going and checking out Thursday. We're going to start a series of recordings tomorrow, I believe. And, and so as of, as of this recording, it will have already been done. So while you're enjoying this episode, I'll be in the studio slaving away over a hot microphone trying to record for you. And so Thursdays, we're going to start dropping Thursday episodes that are going to be uh, interviews. Tuesdays, we're going to leave open for podcast episodes that are for podcast the stories yeah, that we get and we retell. But uh, yeah, that's all the time we have for tonight. So thank you for tuning in. And like I said, we, uh, join us on the live stream. We're going to have Thursday interview episodes on the podcast. There's also going to be on YouTube. And then because everything is on YouTube, but not not everything is on Spotify on Friday and Sunday. You don't get that. If you're listening to us on another platform, you got to be on YouTube. And those are the live streams. And so thank you very much for tuning in. Check us out and good night. <laughs>